And I'll tell you right now, just try it because it is so much more intuitive than what we're doing right now. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Development Best Practices Podcast, brought to you by ILM Professional Services. I'm Jason Erdahl, your podcast host, and today we'll be talking with Chris Fitko, ILM Principal Architect, about Tailwind CSS. Chris and I will talk about why Tailwind exists and what it does, how it is an improvement over Bootstrap, its benefits, advantages over less in SaaS, and, all importantly, when to avoid using Tailwind. So, without further ado, let's bring in Chris. Hey, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing good, Jason. Good, good. I'm doing well. Doing well. So, it's a good day. Welcome to the ILM Best Practices Podcast. I'm wondering if you could start us out with a best practice in something outside of development before we start talking about Tailwind. All right, outside of development. Uh, how about this? Um, best practice. So I do a lot of uh, smoking on my green egg, which is a charcoal smoker. It's a charcoal yeah. grill. And I do yeah. smoking on my green egg. Best practice, don't try and control the green egg with the things that the green egg gives you. Buy yourself a computer with a little blower to get a temperature control. Gives you a much better smoking experience, much easier don't try and adjust it with the craziness vents that they give you. Wow. Wow. There's a deeper, there's a deeper message there. So they, they <laughs> give you a bunch of default settings and your key is don't change any of the defaults. Uh, don't, don't try and control your grill with the default settings. Oh, okay. Override those uh, default settings with a third party application. <laughs> oh, golly. Okay. Good. Good. Oh, uh, that's that's very interesting. So, well, thank you for that tip. Much appreciated. Chris, let's start with a foundational question. Since most of our audience will be familiar with CSS and its uses and have probably touched a CSS framework, please tell us what Tailwind CSS is. Sure. So Tailwind CSS is kind of the new new nomenclature of what is called a utility-first CSS framework. And it's it's based upon the fact that you add CSS classes to your HTML elements to build up uh, an actual style for your HTML. Um, essentially, what Tailwind gives you is it provides you all the inner workings of building out all these classes that you need to style your HTML with and then allowing you to change it, edit it, manipulate it as much as you want, and it packages it into a small package and you just use it in your HTML. Um, there are advantages and disadvantages to, to other things, um, but essentially that's what Tailwind is, is. It gives you a packaging system to apply uh, CSS classes directly to your HTML to build up your styling or your design for your UI, HTML, whatever you want to do. Cool, cool, awesome. Um, I'll admit it sounds a little like Bootstrap, which a lot of us have used. How is Tailwind different, and why is it an improvement over Bootstrap? Or am I missing sure. something? No, sure. So, uh, so a lot of frameworks. Uh, there's Bootstrap. There's um, 
Um, there's to some degree Iconic, which is more of a, a, a mobile framework, but there's a whole bunch of UI frameworks out there, um, UX frameworks. Um, what they usually give you is they usually give you the same kind of thing here, apply your classes, I'll, 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 I'll kind of conform all your classes to your CSS classes, I'll kind of conform them to what I think you should do, I'll give you a grid system, all that kind of thing. And what usually happens out of those frameworks is you usually go into those frameworks going, cool, I'm just going to use them out of the box. Um, and you come up with, great, now they've, you know, now my either design team or I've decided to go a different direction and I got to edit this thing and it's a pain in the butt to edit. It's, it's more work at that point in time. It's, it's a trial. And every time you go into the HTML, you look at the HTML and go, call, you know, like Bootstrap has what's called a, a column system. And you do a row on a div, and then underneath the div, you do like a, a, a COL, a column. Right. And there can be a column one, a column three, and you have to intuit what Bootstrap is doing to that div. You have to know that on top of what that column's meant for, and you have to kind of intuit all that stuff into that class, because that class does a lot of things for you. Uh, on, on the flip side, Tailwind is just going to give you the actual, uh, what you would normally do, what you normally style a, a, an element with. It's going to give you, instead of a column, it's going to say, do you want to do use, you want, do you want to use CSS grid? Well, put in a grid class and you get a grid, a CSS grid. Put in a flex and you get a flex box. Put in, put in a style and that's what you get. Put in a text color. Add those all together, and you get this. You get your your design statement. Now, what you're going to have a what you're going to have pushback on, and what I pushed back on originally, right. is these HTML elements become a, a class attribute becomes huge. It becomes like seven to ten classes normally, and people are going to look at this and go, "Wait, wait, didn't we get away from that early on?" It was that isn't that a no no no? And I'll tell you right now, just try it, because it is so much more intuitive than what we're what we're doing right now. So okay. I I'll, I will I can go to my I can go to my HTML. What what I can go to my HTML. I can see these huge classes, but I know exactly in my HTML. I don't have to leave the HTML at all. I know exactly in my HTML exactly what that div is, what it's doing, and how it should look. I don't Got have it. to go anywhere else. Got it. And so it, it provides you kind of a, a mechanism to use individual classes and, you, and, and that kind of thing in a way that you can actually change them across your entire uh, website if you want. So it gives you a framework to use individual classes on your HTML, but then change them across the entire framework if you need to. That's nice. That's nice. So you've, uh, that, that's a huge benefit. You've named some other benefits. What are we missing? What are some other benefits that you might list out as, uh, as great for using Tailwind? Um, so Tailwind, the, it can be as small or as big as you want it to be. So cool. the number of classes you use are directly proportional to the CSS file that's generated that gets uploaded to your server. Uh, it's, I mean, it's usually a small footprint. And so it generates a whole bunch of classes for you to use, 
But nice. then you actually configure it to actually scale that to the only the things that are in your HTML. And so it gives you a very small footprint. Uh, it ends up being a very small footprint to a lot of a lot of websites. A lot of websites don't use every single style in 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 creation. Um, the other one is it gives you the ability. This is the big one for me. Is it gives you the ability to just reuse classes. You just use what is there. You can okay. you can reuse those. I don't have to go to a CSS file to see what I want to see what's there. I don't have to see what people are doing. I don't. I don't have to be afraid of changing the CSS file because there's nothing to change other than other than the individual element in Tailwind. I've okay. been I've been in situations where the file is huge and you're like I don't know where this is used. I don't know what it, you know, I know what it does, but I don't know what's used. I don't know how it cascades down from other elements. I don't know any of that information from the CSS file. I had to dig through files and files to figure out if I can even change that style. So I'm just going to yeah. create a new one. So you get a whole bunch of extra styles because you don't know what's going on. Uh, cool. But That's I'm a great. Go through, yeah, one, one more, which is... No, sure. Yeah, one more, which is it feels very natural to do. Okay. If you're doing HTML, it feels a lot natural. It feels a lot more natural to just put on CSS classes and build up something really quickly than try and go back and forth to different UI frameworks, to your CSS files, to wherever you're going to be. It, it, it allows you to do that. And then on top of that, Tailwind will actually allow you to use its styles in your own custom CSS classes. So if you find things are too big or you reuse things more often, it allows you to take that and almost componentize that into a CSS class, but cool. still use its own CSS classes in it. Well, nice. Nice. So um, that sounds great. Why would I, I mean, you've given a lot of reasons for this already, but give me a couple bullets on why I would use it in my project. So I got to sell this to management. This is new. I've been telling them for years that I didn't want to put styling in line in my HTML. Now I want to put that in my HTML. <laughs> um, so, so give me a sense. Why would I use it for my project? Sure. So number one, it's not styling. It's CSS classes. Okay. So you're fair, not using fair. like styling. You use like magic strings, CSS classes. They're actually, it, it looks a little bit like styling, but it isn't. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, great. Um, uh, why would you use it? So you can actually use Tailwind in in concert with what you have. So you could actually slowly transition to Tailwind if you wanted to. So you could, if you had an existing system and you wanted to go to something, Tailwind will actually reside right next to it and allow you to to use start using the Tailwind classes and start to transition your code away from a different framework if you're not happy with the framework or whatever. Um, another reason is one I gave before, you lose time, the developer loses time to develop a custom CSS class. Like I said, you have to, even if you're starting out new, you have to come up with a name for the CSS class. And it has to make sense in order for you to figure out what that CSS class is going to do later. Uh, if you if you adhere to naming strategies, it becomes a complex naming strategy to figure out what things are 
what things are going for. So you have to come up with a name just alone. Right. If you have a huge CSS file, <laughs> I can guarantee you your developers are not reading every single CSS file, every CSS class in that entire file to figure out what it does, and they're just adding on the bottom, which means you're going to have duplicates, you're going to have styles that may not conform to your original style design, or things that have changed, and now you're not really conforming to what you did before, and now it's changed to the after, and things are kind of out of sync. Uh, you're going to have a lot of maintenance issues at that point. And, and then uh, a big one for me is people aren't going to change what they fear is not able to change. So if I don't know what these classes are doing, I don't know where they're held, I don't know why I'm using them, I'm going to just add a new one, and then add a right. new one, and add a new one. And so eventually your CSS class just gets huge. Lesson SAS bring that down somewhat, but it's still confusing, and people still don't read these huge CSS files. This, this, this is basically going to reduce your dev time and reduce your maintenance time in the long run. Because at any point in time, you could easily override Tailwind's classes and just replace them with whatever you want. But your custom classes, you're going to have to know exactly what those are and where they're used and how they're used in order to come back to them. Got it. Got it. Chris, you mentioned less in SAS. Why would we want to use Tailwind over a, a CSS preprocessor like Lesser SAS? Sure. So, um, Essentially, what you're going to get with Lesson SAS is going to be the same kind of issues that I was just talking about. You're going to have to create yeah. your custom classes. Uh, your UX frameworks will actually create their custom classes. You'll have a whole bunch of actual logic in those classes. Uh, there's still the divide between your custom class and the HTML where it's used. So if you look at the CSS file, you won't know what's what's actually being used where, how cascading is going to work. If you look at the HTML, you kind of kind of have to go back and forth to the, figure out what your classes are. So you're still going to have that divide between those two files. Um, Lesser SAS will actually reduce the size of your CSS, but you're still going to have people generating extra code because they don't want to yeah. touch those custom classes, all that kind of thing. Tailwind's, Tailwind actually uses a uh, uh, post CSS, which I, was a, which is actually a processor as well, but um, it actually packages all of its contents into your classes, but it uses post CSS to do that, and so it does use the same kind of thing to generate CSS, but it, it just gives you those classes, and then you can just reuse those classes over and over into your own custom stuff, into just the HTML that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Sounds great. I get it. So let's flip it around then. You've talked about why we'd want to use Tailwind. In what cases would we want to avoid using Tailwind? Sure. Um, if you are if you are ingrained into a U, UI framework, right? If you're using Bootstrap and that's what you use forever, and you're never going to upgrade, or if you have um, if you have small you know, if you have a small marketing site, something that's not huge, that's like a couple pages, you probably don't want to go through the effort of of a, of a tailwind. Got it. Um, you're 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 going to be like in in the in the in the bootstrap kind of process. You're going to be using you know you're just using that. 
everyone's used to that, um, that kind of thing. You don't really want to move. Don't worry about moving. Stay with Bootstrap. That's what you know. It's it's good, it's good enough. You still will have that kind of underlaying. If if you're using minimal Bootstrap, then that should be fine. Um, if you are going for like a couple page marketing site, you know, you're probably not looking for a huge amount of styles. I would probably still use it at that point, but that's because I know it. You probably don't want to gain that that uh, knowledge that you're going to have to get. So. So the big up, the big downside of Tailwind is you, you're going to have to learn those classes. And they, and they have wonderful documentation, but you still have to know the classes and how they, and the, how they work. And it's, I got to say, it's pretty intuitive, but you still have to learn it. Got Another it. one is that you'd have to get the people who know Tailwind. You're going to have to get <laughs> your developers on board. You're going to have to get your designers on board. You're going to have to say, we're going to use these guys, and this is what we're going to use. Um, we're going to try and stay away from crazy customization, although it's, it's <laughs> easier to do in Tailwind. Right. So you may, so if you're doing small things or if you're already ingrained in a, in a UI framework that, that you really just want to stick with, I, I would pass on Tailwind at this point. Got it. Got it. Can't be with the Tailwind you love. Love the uh, framework you're with. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Great, great, great. Awesome. And that's all the time we have in this episode. We're trying to keep these podcasts short so that they can act as a springboard for your own research. Please be sure to listen in a few weeks to part two of our Tailwind podcast with Chris. Tailwind 2, Electric Boogaloo. No, no, it's not going to be called that. We'll come up with a better last dad jokey title, I promise. The Development Best Practice Podcast is brought to you by ILM Professional Services. Did you want to implement Tailwind CSS in your organization, but are wondering how? Or maybe you've tried, and it's just not working for you in your front end. In either case, ILM can help. Please visit ilmservice.com today to request some time with Chris or one of our other fabulous front-end architects. Lastly, we're just getting started with the podcast, so if you have any feedback on this episode, have a topic you'd like us to cover, or just want to complain about the dad jokes, please email us at podcast at ilmservice.com. Take care.